0: And welcome to the Fence End Podcast. Uh, we've got a full house tonight: Fraser, Liam, and Paul, and myself. How are we, gents? Hello, good. Yeah, yeah. good. Thanks. And and we're also joined by Paul Perros from Oxfox.
1: Kyle, just just to clear up confusion with the two Pauls, Paul Perros from Oxfox. That is your full name, isn't it? We'll just full name you throughout. <laughs>
2: that's, that's,
1: that's what I've been
3: called for the last four years. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Well, we we will. We will talk on uh, on stadium matters um a little later, but we'll we'll perhaps uh we'll start with uh with the game against Exeter um on on Saturday gone. Um where another game without a recognized centre forward and another three-nil win. Um I, I, where I was will getting, the goals come from? Exactly. Did the board well, needs to it. stop cheaping out. stop come for the cheap option. <laughs> I thought, you know, it, it was another really Good team performance, solid. I was a little bit twitchy when it was just 1-0 going sort of deep into the game that you just think, oh, if they get a break or they get a lucky goal or a set piece, it might all come undone. I shouldn't have worried. I think we've got such a solid team now that they, they kind of remove that worry. Oh, yeah, that uh,
1: fear will come back
4: at some point, yeah. Simon. <laughs> I think when when you it's it's worse when you're missing chances because you're like we should we you know we should be two three up because both didn't seem to want to take forever to get a shot away um, <laughs> two or three times. Mm-hmm. And my granddad used to always say, "If you don't take your chances, the opposition will." And it, it was just, "Come on, please get that second. Come on," <laughs> and then. <laughs> Thankfully, we did. It yeah. felt a
1: little bit like watching um, Carl Robinson's Oxford United against Liam Manning's Oxford United, where, yeah, they in that game, they had the possession. They mm. yeah, sort of owned owned the pitch, but couldn't create anything. And we saw that so often last season. And, and when I say Carl Robinson's Oxford United, that's not really fair. The first few years, we were all really excited about what was happening. But... Last season, the amount of games you look and you go, we had sixty, 70 percent of possession um, but how many how many times did the keeper have to make a save um it, it was it was a good performance. I just wish I, I think the same as Simon um, if those second and third goals could have come at sort
2: of fifty, sixty minutes
1: mm-hmm. it would just be i I'd, I'd feel a lot more comfortable.
2: It was a weird game. I watched um, Cameron Brannigan's interview on the website after with Chris Williams, and Chris Williams sort of starts the interview by saying, "So an excellent performance," then, to which Brannigan kind of goes, eh, "Which I I kind of agree. It was it was kind of a good performance, but you know you did you do I think three 0 was harsh on Exeter, um, and we we looked a little bit kind of jittery up front a lot of the time." Um, they didn't
4: create much, though.
2: No, that's true. They didn't. Um, but, you know, I was i was kind of like, I don't know if it was Liam or Simon who said this, until, you know, eighty around the 80-minute mark, I just thought, oh, God, this has a dodgy equaliser written all over it, and it will be an annoying two-points drop. But, you know, we found a way to do it. I think, I think the first penalty was a bit soft on, from reflection, but, you know, he gave it. So... I don't care. I'm the one on this podcast who said things balance themselves out. So we got the rub of the green there. <laughs> you also I,
1: said
3: don't cheer when a penalty gets given. And I, and... And
2: I did not. <laughs>
3: I felt a kind of similar feeling, but I kind of like that. I like because I don't think we were playing that well. But we played in a different way, which I didn't feel like, especially in the last year, we could do. If, if Plan A didn't work, then there was just lots of screaming from the touchline and players looking around confused. I felt like we toughed it out a little bit. We played a slightly different way to get the result we needed. And in the end, the, re- the result was actually reasonably simple. I know the, the, we were stressed, but the, we're Oxford fans. We're going to get stressed, aren't we? Actually, as you said, there weren't that many chances for their side. Mm-hmm. It did look like if we had to pile it on, we probably could a little bit more. I, I, I like those sort of displays. They show a little bit different show something a little bit different. I think that's all goes well for for later in the season when we need to do that.
2: And of course, their best chance was by, wouldn't you know, it, Yannick Wiltshire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where was that?
3: I, was I the only one celebrating when he got subbed off? I was like, at least It yeah, yeah. was my birthday as well on on the, yeah. it was very rare. It's my birthday on a Saturday home game that I can get to. So. Oh. Um, was well, birthday. Happy birthday. Happy he comes trotting <laughs> out, and I'm thinking, "Yeah, yeah I'm tricking me. He's gonna get."
1: That how know. old are you? Is the first question. Yeah, and like, uh, how much has the stadium aged you? Um, <laughs> I
3: I was 32 when this all started. I'm 54 now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's it does age me. Bit. bizarrely, actually, having been involved in Oxfox. I kind of have a. It's brought a different perspective about the actual football again. I hope it changes a little bit when I get done. But it's kind of a little switch off now, where I'm in a kind of different world when I'm at the game, and then kind of ox takes over, and I'm worrying about different things other than who have we signed, where what the league table is, what the. So it's kind of brought out a different perspective, but yeah, I can't say it hasn't it hasn't aged me. It's like when they get the manager, the new managers <laughs> on, they start getting grey in the bit.
0: Thought it was interesting how towards the end of the game the formation changed. He brought um Greg Lee on and didn't take off Kieran Brown. And then when we got, I think the point at which we got the the second goal sort of on that 83rd minute, we went to a, a sort of three, five at the back, you know, with the wing backs. It was kind of and it was it didn't look like it was oh Crikey, where should we be? It was clear, right, at this point, bang, we go into that. Well coached. We've got a back five. We've got three in midfield, and you know it. It really was clear that I think the way Manning is is coaching the side. There's, there's, it's, it's very clear. Like you say, it's not just a case of a manager standing on the touchline and screaming. It's like, okay, it's what we do. You know, Greg Leeson right. Everyone do this, bang, and we're there. And it, it was impressive. I think that once we got that second goal, I thought, yeah, no, we we're, they they're, they're getting nothing now. And it, it, obviously the third goal put the icing on it, but I thought the the way that we lined up was quite, I thought that was sort of an interesting one. So we always thought Kieran Brown, when Greg Lee came in, wouldn't get much game time. And I he kind of feel he might get more than we, we think.
1: It it makes you wonder, really, if we're going to have a pod this season, and by have a pod, I mean the fence end to Manor, wasn't it the game, the dub, and anything Oxford United based, will we have one this season where we don't go, What a transfer window we've had. You're talking about Greg Lee coming on and playing as a a winger until that goal and then dropping Mm. back and and changing the formation. Kyle Edwards. And and no one sort of saw it coming until just before. What a signing he is. Mills has really come into his own. I'd like how good Tyler Goodrum has been and Mills is keeping him out. It absolutely blows my mind how well um, that transfer window went how well they've gelled. Um, oh, we need another striker. Well, you know the the one striker that you're saying we have is suspended, and other people are stepping up. It's the the way the recruitment and then the the management of the newly recruited players has been phenomenal. And then you've got Murphy coming on and and playing well, and he mm-hmm. he's obviously played well in the trophy. And I I just I I can't. It it feels really odd being positive as an old United <laughs> fan. But here it is
3: and uh, and I'm enjoying it. We we look yeah. so so composed and organised is the big difference. I, I think that we were really disorganized in that last season. Um as I said, it felt like a lot of screw in the touchline and, and not a lot of knowledge on the pitch. Um we look so organised. You, you get the impression now, and I know it's early in the season we're doing well so it's all easy but you get the impression that there aren't the players you wanted out you got out the players that are here are going to get a chance and, and Murphy you're right I thought he was fantastic when he came on he's going to play a part this season if he stays fit and stays on it I think he's going to play a big part this season there's just somebody to step in in every role I mean as you said Mills it's superb I love good to bits but Mills has been superb I think he'll get game time so yeah, it's, it's very harming and worrying. <laughs> we'll it's, it
4: really <laughs> it's really good that we've got people coming into the team that are playing well. You know, that they're earning their place in the team and they're staying there. Like the obvious choice on the bench last game was Perkins because he's a, a striker. We didn't go for that because he didn't play particularly well. Murphy did, and he got an opportunity and he's taken it. You know, and the with maybe the exception of Negru, you have people staying in the side and not coming in unless they've kind of earned that place. Um, it's, you you just know, it, whereas in the past, you've kind of had that, you know, well, one of these back is going to come um, straight back in. You've just got a great feel about it. You can play yourself in and stay in and it's working. So, you know, keep it
0: going.
1: It I, I it. would say that the the Negri situation, I would, you get the feeling that it is being managed well. That's mm. about his development yeah. as a player. It's about the fact that he was, you know, he was in for the future. And then it was, you can be sort of a backup this season. And he's got more game time already than he would have expected. Mm. And I I just get the feeling that it's been, it's been for his benefit as well as the squad's, um, and and you know maybe about what opposition we're about to play. That being said, all I heard about Exeter was how how sort of pacey they are. So you, I I assumed it was going to be Lee at left back, and then Kieran Brown plays, who's he's not slow, but he's not as fast as Lee is, and absolutely bossed it. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I I don't want every time I speak it to just be aren't we amazing? Because <laughs> I know that we're that there are flaws and that it's not all going to be as as positive as it has seemed. Um, it's a marathon, not a sprint, all of that stuff. But I don't know. Our squad is so exciting at the moment. Um, you, you almost... You know, Harris being our, our main striker, once he gets suspended, you think, well, that's the position. We don't have as much backup.
3: And, you know, here we are. Two nil wins from those two games. And it feels like top to bottom as well. I mean, you look at the transfer person; it was a fantastic transfer business, but it's about who you didn't buy as well. I mean, some of the rumors coming out, desperate to get a striker, and, and you just get the impression that possibly last year we'd have just dragged somebody in as a name, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, Yannick Wilshere, yeah, yeah, whoever. But you almost get the impression that that he's gone. No, I like the group we, that we've got. Let's hold back. And, and I know Ed Warden did a, 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 an interview where he said as much himself. Let's hold back. And, and you almost get the impression, I'm going to put words in their mouth. That's not anything they've said to me, but you almost get the impression they've gone in January. We'll have a look again. We'll have a much better idea of who we do need. And they've kept their powder dry a little bit. So I, I really like the way we've gone about recruiting and I really like the way he puts them out on the team. And, I, and you're right, I think he, he can set up for different sides in a way that we never could before because he's got that depth One of my favourite things that they've done
1: recently and I only know this because of the dub, it will be the same for you guys I'm sure, is everyone going sign McGuane up and then eventually just on on a podcast at some point Radio Oxford are able to go, hey, there's an option chill out yeah. <laughs> It's like That's <laughs> such a, an exciting thing as a fan to go, oh we
4: don't need to yet, yeah? calm down mm. Like We well, might yeah. negotiate with him but yeah, yeah. It's a... <laughs> talking about the dub. What they said about when um, the recruitment guy he said about the long-term contracts. That was kind of his suggestion to put it in there because you don't want to give other clubs a kind of look into when our is contracts are, you know, expiring. And it it makes sense, you know. I mean, if there isn't
1: way. an option and they've just got the dub to put that out. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, we think there's an option on it.
0: <clears throat> right, move on. <laughs> and let's just hope he doesn't look at his actual contract to make sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or like other clubs.
1: <laughs> no, that's that's the important yeah.
0: thing. Yeah, nothing to see here. One thing you mentioned before we started, Liam, was um, the the referee on Saturday. And it was nice to see a, a Mr. Middleton in, in and around the Oxford uh, United camp being, you know, very, very balanced. I thought he had a he had a very good game.
1: Yeah. Um, last time I was on a pod, uh, I went on a bit of a rant. So sorry, I'm not gonna do that this time. <laughs> um I I was the the pods were tweeted um that it sounded very whingy. And I don't want to sound whingy, I want to sound sort of well rounded and balanced. What I think the ref did on Saturday, he made a few mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes, I understand that, but he managed the game really well. Mm. Um it, it was relatively consistent, for example.
2: Yeah, I, I thought that ref was first class on Saturday. Uh, he let football be played, he let he let things go. And and like you say consistency, let things go for both sides. And I hardly really noticed he was there, which is the sign of a of a good ref, isn't yeah. it? Now it should also be part of the account that There was no Gareth Ainsworth team playing. There was no Manage the Game team playing. Oxford and Exeter both played.
0: Well, exactly. What's happening Saturday is a Steve Evans side in Stevenage who are uh, level on points with us, having played a game more behind us on... on, um, Well, actually, behind us, I would imagine, it's going to be, yeah, on goals scored. I thought it might be alphabetical order, but it's not... um, so yeah that a, a referee's going to have I mean Steve Evans in terms of footballing sides the his, his teams like to play football mm. you know yeah it, it, we, you know the the sort of Graham Wesley Gareth Ainsworth sides are a bit more anti football um Steve Evans is in terms of his you know the way his teams play it's usually sort of not bad it's what he gets up to on the touchline um that can be Quite unpleasant. I know. I know. Nick Harris really doesn't like him. Um, you've only got to hear, you know, commentary when when he's on the on the touchline. Um, so that will be a, a different um, proposition for the referee on Saturday, and, and a different proposition for us. You know, Stevenage are doing remarkably uh, this season. Um, I don't think that's sort of patronising, you know, because you wouldn't expect to see Stevenage after only getting promotion last year to be up there. After nine games of the season,
1: I can't stand Steve Evans, but he can do this, can't he? Yeah, yeah.
2: he, yeah, I'm exactly the same. Um, I, I despise every time we have to play him, no matter what you say about the guy, he knows how to get 11 people to win football games consistently. He is just very good at that. Um, and he, I get the feeling he relishes clashes like this, where we're both high up in the table. Um, we're at Stephen, and he can sort of condition things his way. So I think it's going to be a completely different prospect to last Saturday, and uh, it's a sellout. I think the away end, isn't it? It, it is. Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll I make find, a lot of
0: noise.
4: Yeah. I find though with Steve Evans though, he's got this reputation. He shouts and stuff a lot, which he does, but he's nothing compared to the assistant, and the assistant always gets overlooked. I think mm. that he shouts a lot more and Who's is a lot assistant? more vocal. Can't I mean, think. you'd he notice travels... him if you saw him. He, he's like yeah, a loud loud travels... like, dog next yeah. to him. Yeah. Oh, right. He <laughs> travels everywhere with him. But he's the oh. one who kind of harasses everyone at every second of the game. Steve Evans picks his moments. Um yeah, you know, it's not something that you like, but I think he's his assistant almost gets away with it for some reason because I suppose he's not the character and as
0: yeah. well known, but it might be interesting then, with the new law changes or the or the sort of um, behaviour changes they expect from from uh, the touchline. You know, whereas before you could have two or three of the backroom staff out in the technical area, it's now one only. Um, so that wasn't it will case on Saturday, though. There no, was... no, no. But it, it might be interesting to see how the fourth official manages that on Saturday. Um, mm. You know, with with uh, with the antics from Stevenage.
3: The psychology of this back to sort of Ferguson days, well, time mm. before that, you know. Um, uh, but but Ferguson sort of famously directed the players, was not crowding the ref, shouting at the ref, not that it was going to affect that that particular decision that they were complaining about. It was a cumulative effect that that subconsciously the refs is a 50 50 and he's not he's contemplating it in the back of his mind, subconsciously, he's thinking, I don't need that. And I don't think they ever think that. They ever think, I'm not going to do it because of the moaning. But in the back of their heads, it just makes that other decision a bit easier. I think that's the kind of mentality. I think they have got a lot stronger refs. I think they've got the the days of the the, the skinny prep school teacher um, who, who was uh, running around the pitch. On, I mean, physically, they've got a lot bigger. Basically,
4: I want to win the game. <laughs> I that would be Mary nice, wouldn't us. it? Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine if Liam Manning was the one who was shouting on on Saturday? I don't Saturday. Think he's ever he's...
2: shouted. <laughs>
1: <laughs> if his kids listen to this, you know they're like, "Oh, do yeah."
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah, I wouldn't argue with him.
2: No, I always think people like that are far more intimidating than. Mm. People who shout all the time, you know, you can read them instantly, can't you? But the the quiet operators are terrifying (laughs) because you can't (laughs) figure them out.
0: Michael Appleton, I mean, yeah, he was quiet and that was kind of it. I mean, the fact that he was, he was hench as well, kind of. Yeah, he did put a fist through a a Steve Evans (laughs) side dugout, wasn't it? Absolutely, Um, yeah. And a
1: wall in the dressing room and an A-frame, which I think came out of the awards dinner.
0: (laughs) Yeah, a little flip chart with a hole in the middle. But I think I think you're right. You know, I, I think sometimes, uh, like you say, that fourth official thing where it's constant, and and like you said, Paul Barros from Oxfocs, where they, you know, the the whole Alex Ferguson thing, where it's it, you're trying to get in their heads, you're trying to to kind of wear people down. Um, and it, it, like you say, it, it, there's almost that right. I'm going to go against you because you're just constantly going on about it, and you wonder then, a, a quiet manager like Appleton, like Manning, when they do actually that say something, suit. when they do, yeah. <laughs> when they do make a point and, and flare up or whatever, it, it gets more sort of reaction because, oh, okay, well, he hasn't said anything all game. Now he's having a go. I, I assume he's got a point then. He must have because he's not said anything otherwise. And, it you know, it, it's, yeah, you're not sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, histrionics on the touchline, and it can't help the players. You know, you, you, you've of... spent all week setting the players up. If you're then shouting at them, pointing this that and the other i don't think it helps um so as well as um stevenage on saturday we've got uh shrewsbury on tuesday um i'll say a quick hi to adam who's uh the son of a friend of mine and also a friend of mine um he's uh it's his birthday on the day of the shrewsbury game so happy birthday adam
1: happy um, birthday we don't have to sing
0: do we no no all right yeah you can be singing now in the car if you're listening to this on the way up to the game on Stevenage or or wherever it is. Yeah, sing to yourself, Adam. But uh, happy birthday! Um, <laughs> so that's did reading it. Oh, just sing for yourself. We're not going to sing. Um, but uh, no, happy birthday. That's How um, we treat you, Simon? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Daylight. <late. laughs> um So yeah, Shrewsbury not had the uh, the greatest uh, start to the season. A couple of wins um or three wins and most recently lots of defeats so that that's got the makings of a tough game you know we'll perhaps go to Stevenage get three points and then lose to Shrewsbury in a similar way to the Port Vale game where you're kind of thinking yeah we've got it made no we haven't it's going to be a tough one
1: uh definitely one of the things I wonder is does Harris get straight back into the squad after what we've discussed I guess it it partly depends what happens Saturday. Hmm. Because if you go 3-0, 3-0, and then, you know, get another convincing win against a a top side, it's really difficult to then
0: change (laughs) change things too Yeah, don't change your winning side. Um,
1: So, yeah, that's a a tough thing. Also, you want to keep his fitness there, so you want him to have the minutes. Uh, There's not uh, another trophy game until uh, November. Um yeah, so that'll be interesting to see what happens, but I guess a lot lies in in what happens against um Stevenage in in sort of respect to that.
4: Mm. Yeah, I think he he will play some of it because Bowden tends to come off before the end of the game. So you, he's gonna come in off the bench at some point, I would imagine. Even if, if he doesn't, doesn't start. start.
3: Yeah. I think he might even start. I think I think Manning, I don't know whether you agree, I think Manning is one of those managers, like with the Lee and, and Brown situation, who won't just go, oh, we won, I'll put the same side out. He'll look at the side we're playing and go, we need the extra pace, we need the extra, you know, target. Um, and he'll put out a side accordingly and he'll change things and you'll think, what about, you know, but, but we've just won, we just won 3-0. But but he'll look beyond that and say, well, what do, the, what do my team need to, to, to win this game? So I wouldn't be surprised to see him come in.
1: These these situations are are so difficult, whether you're winning, you're losing, whatever happens, when you have this situation where you go, right, Harris is suspended for three games. Um, Right, we want, uh, from these next three games, if we get six points, that's a really good sort of, uh, what's the word I want? And then I'll say the sentence. Return, thank you. Uh, If we get six points from those three games. That's a really good return. Um, now we've got six points from two of them. You're like, well, I definitely want nine. Then mm-hmm. if you look at the four- <laughs> if we get those nine, you then look at the fourth game and you're like, well, I definitely want 12 <laughs> and you're never happy with what you've got. You always want to go that next game. Um, Stevenage looks tough. And then as you say, it, you you can't then look at the next game and go, ah, well, we'll take um, Trees root. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's it's a tough another tough game, really close together.
0: Absolutely, and 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 it could be that banana skin in the same way that after four wins on the trot, we get beaten by Port Vale, which you know they they've done well this season. I think there's a, there's a lot of sides that are, are kind of you know do Exeter have proved that as well. Um, that would take us to ten games. So those two, the next two games would take us to to ten. We always sort of think that ten game point is where you can look at the table a little bit, and and think, yeah, okay, that's about. However, right. the on. ten
1: game point for the league, yeah, is this Saturday. Yeah, this Saturday. Whatever happens, ten games into the season, we will be in the top six, and whatever happens, we will have a game in hand on the mm. other, yeah. um, or on the teams around us. If we win that, it's top two. It, mm. I am scared at how well it's going <laughs> <laughs> and how easily it can go wrong. I don't
0: yeah, want to be... It, 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 it is that worry of jinxing it. And mm. I think because we've not had a great deal of success mm. through, you know, the, well, recently, or, I mean, it's it's been gradual, you know, two promotions since 2010... It's not a lot, is it? You know, it's it's and, and prior to that was a you know a, a sort of ten or fifteen year period of of gradual decline. It's <laughs> it's kind of like can we dare to dream? You know, it, it is yeah. that, but but I think you're right. Looking at everything around the club, the you know Manning maybe wasn't the the inspired choice that we were lo- looking for at the end of last season to to win those few games to make sure we stayed up. I think there was. There was a little bit of mm, not sure he is the right man. Maybe he is for the long term. It was, OK, let's see what he can do. Like you say, like we've all said, that transfer window, which is not just him, it's the recruitment, but him, him as well. The way we're playing, everything he's done and everything he's been supported in doing has got us to this point where you go, you know what? It Yeah, maybe we can dream. It's you know The, the recruitment's good. The players that we've got in, there's some resale value there again. Um, We're looking to the future. We've got a manager that's calm and collected and, and, and thoughtful. And, and we've got you know, a situation with the stadium where that's positive as well. You know we've had a, a, a good a good result last week with the with the council um, agreeing to lease the land subject to various conditions. But it does seem like the whole thing is is positive at the moment. But you're right, at what point do we kind of go, Ooh. Annoyingly, I think it's January, February, and that seems so so long away. Yeah. I,
1: I just remember 15, 16, it was, I think it was the 2nd of January we played Notts County. And yeah. as we got back into the car after the game, mm. I said to to Dad and to uh, Paul, if we get the chance to, uh, we could be automatically promoted Um on the last away game of the season, we're going to go to it. Mm. Wherever it is, we'll make sure we go to it. Paul, because I was driving at the time, Paul, look up (laughs) who we're playing. Oh, Carlisle. Right, okay, well, we live in Bournemouth. That's a nice nice (laughs) little drive. (laughs) But, you know, I think think it's around then you go, we're in for a shout here. Um, Mm. And yes, this feels really good. But there's always a team that's in a great position around November, December time that ends up somehow in a relegation battle. And there's always a team in a relegation battle in December, January time, who somehow ends up flirting with the playoffs. And when you, when you're struggling, you hope to be that team. And when you're doing well, you absolutely dread, obviously the reverse.
0: Just It's, it's an interesting point. And it is, I'm going to, we'll move on to stadium now because I think there's a, there's a, you can kind of see a parallel in, in that we've, we've got a manager who is very much kind of trust the process trust how we're playing trust how we want to set up let's not get carried away by you know a, a setback let's not get over confident with a you know a, a good win um we we keep going with 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 a certain belief in what we're doing and how we're doing it and and it's kind of over to you Paul how we've done you know the whole stadium thing we've 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 tried you know avoided getting sidetracked there were plenty of opportunities where we could have all gone Carl Robinson and gone screaming from the rooftops and made no sense actually what we've done is gone there's a process to go through here it's all about planning it's about councils it's about committees it's about doing things in the right order and at the right times to get us where we are now
3: yeah, well, I mean, to, to span the two subjects, I was going to say earlier, to steal one of um, uh, Liam's catchphrases, there's a clarity about everything. There's a clarity on the pitch with the way the players are playing, there was a clarity in the way we recruited, and if you look at the amount of recruits, that really all goes well for later in the season, because we are still betting in. But there's also been a real clarity from the club about how they went about um, this section, and, and let's not forget, it's not it's not planning we we've done yet. We we're going into planning now. This has been a specific thing which a lot of clubs wouldn't have even had to have done because they would have had the land before they started this process. So they go straight into planning. We've gone through this process and, and there has been a clarity from the club and we've tried to, to 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 have clarity with what we've done at Oxfox as well. So I mean I, I, I hope you'll find it. But um it's it's all been about What are you trying to do? We were trying to get this land. We were trying to agree from from the from the cabinet, uh, and they were making the decision. So to do that, you know, you don't run off and start fighting the opposition, and you know, getting into big arguments with them and trying to convince them of something. That very small group of people who are very anti this are always going to be very anti this. They don't want it. They don't like us. They don't want. uh, uh, They don't want to be. neighbours to us the people we had to convince were councillors and we had to do that in a reason way and we've got some really intelligent fans and they understand that process and they've been brilliant and you know the way they've gone about contacting the council and you know we've had the various things we've had the petition we've had the the, the letters to the council we've had the, the surveys that we've dealt with um and all of those I, I was really heartening because I spoke at the, the the last cabinet meeting where they decided to, to, to lease us the land. And afterwards, all of the councillors were referencing how positive and how many contacts they've had um, uh, f- across the board, and, and most of those are, are from the supporters. And it's really made a difference, and it's kind of... The supporters have bought into to what the club are doing and hopefully what some of what we're doing to get this over the line, so it was it was a really great result and now we switch to the planning stage and we're speaking against councillors but also to planners and and you know that's that's a different thing again so you know we um, we implemented which which has just come out um, the 3 point pledge because it was important one of the biggest questions is cars parking traffic you know I've spoken to so many people along the way who've said, oh, this is brilliant. I'll be going, Simon himself straight away was saying, I'll be able to get this train, that, I'll do this, I'll do that. Even to the point of saying, we'll stop off at this pub and it'd be great because it's on the route. And so we said, look, let's get people telling their stories. Let's get people to pledge that they're not going to take the car. Talk to us about how they're going to you know, get there. And other people who live nearby might be going, okay, that's great. I, mean, I, I might take that route myself. And we're just making it easy to show the planners to show the councillors you know people we are responsible and and this this will get implemented with you know Brighton have shown you can get people out of their cars and you can get them on public transport. Um, so you know that's a, an extension of that and, and you know we're we're still asking here starts my party political broadcast we're still asking people oxfox.org um go on our website sign up on the pledge get all you have to do is put your email address on there uh, and tick a couple of boxes it takes two minutes perhaps even putting your route pubs you're going to stop at all of this you know if we can take five ten thousand of these pledges to to the planners and the councillors and say this is what we're about it makes a massive difference
0: it does it, it, it and it's you know there's a there's a green angle to this as well i know um Matt Organ, um, I hope you won't mind me naming him, has, has made the point on, on the Fans Forum today that actually, you know, there's this, well, how can you building a new stadium be green and it, when you've got a stadium already? But when you look at the number of cars... That go have to have to drive to games because it's it's almost impossible to get there by public transport easily without making three or four changes of route. We're we're as far away as any club in the land from a from a train station will be second closest if we move. You take that number of cars off the road in terms of fans traveling to games over the course of the life of that stadium will make a huge impact on on carbon emissions. You know, if you're reducing the car use by by a massive amount and getting people onto trains that are already running, you know, you, you're you're making such a green statement by doing that, and that's before you look at the. Obviously, we come to the 9th of October when when the club are going to put out a lot more information, but the whole sort of green credentials of the stadium itself, you know, the the, the fact that we we do want this, you know, net zero, carbon neutral, all of that sort of stuff, and 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 I think. This stadium, I think I'm not I'm I'm not saying this because I've seen anything, but I just get the feeling that we're going to do something special. And and in terms of solar and and you know grey water, you know collecting water for for toilets or whatever it might be, you know in terms of of the eco credentials that we could do with that stadium and and highlight the best practices and all of that sort of stuff. And and. Be proud of that as a county. I think there's there's a massive opportunity to do something really special. Just I think
1: several way. things on this. We we've got it, part of the reason you think that is because the club's being managed well. Yeah. Part of the reason you think that is because it's got to be special. Yes. It, it that's that's what needs to happen in order for this to to yeah. go ahead. So it, it that's that's why you're preempting it. But how often in our lifetimes? Have we thought, well, and the club are going to do it
3: it's not It's no, not hope that they will. I no. fully believe they will. Mm. I, I I agree that the the levels of confidence just tick up every time when you see what is put out, and if, going back to the conversation we had before,, just when fans start saying, yeah, I wish we could you know tie up Negru to a longer ca- contract." Clearly, they were already negotiating it. Things like that are getting done before we get antsy about them. And we get antsy pretty quickly. Yeah. We're Oxford United <laughs> fans. Um, so it does give you that confidence. And, you know, we've been involved in the process, so we've been lucky enough to see, you know, the levels of attention and how professionally they've done it. And these things don't come cheap, but they're doing it right. And going back to the to the green credentials, you're, you're absolutely right. All of those things... Making it a greener, um, less transport-intensive, uh, car-intensive site all, all outweigh the, the the stadium we have. But also, you know, when people ask, oh, "How can you knock down a stadium? It, it be green?" Bear in mind that you're not just knocking down a stadium and leaving it there. That is then a brownfield site that is within uh, an area committed to, uh, to to housing. Houses have to be put somewhere, so you're not. You're you're offering up a a brownfield site that will, replacing a a horribly um, carbon unfriendly stadium with a very carbon friendly one in line with with kind of what the council wants, people travelling by train, by uh, by park and ride public transport, uh, and you're freeing up brownfield space for housing. So kind of it's that dual benefit, and that's how it makes sense, I think, as well. One
1: thing I'd like to suggest is uh, on the dub, they were talking about potential sponsorship deals. Don't want to get ahead of ahead of ourselves. Obviously, there's a long way to go. But what I would love to see happen is in view of this environmental positivity, I'd like Nestle to sponsor it. The road leading up to the uh, stadium, they could they could also sponsor that and get the, the naming rights, call it Quality Street. And then the stadium they could have called the Green Triangle Stadium. Bam! <laughs> like,
3: you, if that's this, haven't you? You've thought, I of have. This. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah, no, yeah. Was I was listening, listening to the dub saying, like "Someone it. say it." <laughs> um, so oh, it's gonna yeah, be, it's going to be for Oz. He's going to, he's going to
1: sponsor for Oz Stadium. No, Green Triangle Stadium. If it's anything else, I'm gutted. I, I just can't see it being, you know. Ah. <laughs> oh.
2: On the um the 9th of october stuff so is this what is does anyone know, what is it we're expecting is it artists impressions or
4: yeah or... is this real artist impressions or done with like crayon <laughs> or... so
3: sim city yeah, <laughs> <real>. <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's it's basically it's not everything it's not you know the full gamut what but what it will be will be um, some CAD stuff, which is kind of um, electronic drawings of the, uh, of the. It might they might have a bit of a fly through. It'll be a much better feel for what's going to go there. Um, and it may what they may do is um, put a few alternatives that that might be done. I I early on saw some stuff um, that was really heartening the way they were going about it. Stuff like um, green walls and and. Green roofs, um, which which kind of would make a stadium kind of disappear into the into the landscape. Um, so there's some really exciting possibilities. I suspect they'll throw a few variants out there. That because what you do want to do is is when it gets into the planner's hands, you want them to have gone, okay. Really like that. Really like that. that's against that works against you because. You know mm. and they have their reasons traffic flow all sorts of things um but what they want to do now is just they've done a lot of work on traffic um uh control measures on parking on their they've, i mean and i it's not my place to bring all these things up it's the clubs and now is the time to do it but there was so much work with the bus companies with you know the, the various people to make sure the travel is available and people are going well why don't you say these things I think partly they don't they need to not prejudice their case with the planners. They need to, you know, hand this to the planners rather than be bouncing it around the, the public beforehand. But now we're there. I think we'll see a lot more on, on traffic, a lot more on 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 um, on what it might look like and, and hopefully some some nice little fancy fly throughs. I've always said, you know, whenever I've spoken to Neil about this and we've been speaking about this for, for four years, when the plans come out and people see you know, can get the picture in their head. The fans will go mad because they'll they'll love it. You you've got a picture of what you might have, but also the people who are local. It'll take fears out of their mind because if they're looking at a picture of the Kassam, plopping it in the middle of that field, it's not really appealing. If there's something, you know, architecturally um, pleasing, it'll take you know a few of those fears away. So I think it's an important step.
0: Yeah. And, and, and like we've sort of said, you know, the, the fans have been fantastic in terms of writing to councillors, filling in surveys, all the stuff that, you know, that that's been been asked and obviously that you know that process will continue you know at some point in the future we'll be asking fans again to to continue what we've done so far in the same way that you know we're not calling on on you know the manager to start playing long ball because we've got this far doing what we want to do and it's worked we'll keep that same similar process driven sort of agenda where right we we now need fans to either write here or fill this in or sign this. You know, there's there's going to be more things for fans to do as 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 the process goes along. It's you know we we've, we've got to a point with a land deal and and a leased land deal rather than a freehold, which I think from a lot of us that was what we were expecting, kind of more or less all along. For a period of time, there was something on the Oxford County Council website as part of the documentation that kind of looked like they might do a. you know a a sale of the land but actually you know we've speaking to a lot of people that lease probably gives us more protection than 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 the land being sold it 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 keeps the the land owned by you know the council and gives an extra little layer of protection you know for the future you know the owners aren't going to be around forever you know owners do come and go and at the moment we've got fantastic owners and we hope whoever the next owners and the ones after that are equally fantastic but that lease will give us a layer of protection.
3: Yeah, one hundred percent, it does. I, it's something that um, that that we agreed with at the time when we had consultation meetings with with councillors, sort of separate from the club. Um, and, and as much as we've been working with the club, we're an independent um, organisation. And whilst this hasn't been a vocal part of what we're doing, securing the ground to the club not allowing the situation that we're in again. And as you say, protecting ourselves, not for these owners, possibly not the next owners, but, you know, who knows what's coming, you know, down the line. As you say, the owners tend not to be around um, for their lifetimes anymore. That's that's not the way this works. And we need that protection in there. And the council having control of the lease, having control of uh, 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 of that land gives us another layer of protection. Now, we've been speaking with the club As I said, for a long time on this, and we're making sure those um, protections are put in place anyway. But it's another layer. and I think it's a very good thing.
0: Obviously, we'll we'll talk more about stadium after that 9th of October. I think it's like you say, it, it it will seeing a visual of a stadium. It, it, will, it will just sort of go, oh, well, that looks fantastic. And like you say, you know, the, the, there's so many things about light and noise pollution that, that hopefully will be covered a little bit that will set people's mind at rest, the, the traffic surveys, all of that sort of stuff. You're gradually knocking off those those kind of objections or, or setting some people's minds at rest, you know. And I think that's that's what the club need to do. It's what they've been gradually doing. And that will happen as as the process goes on. And I think, yeah, I so speaking for myself, I'm so looking forward to that 9th oh, of October. and That and date might can't come. come
2: fast enough. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, so I'm, excited I'm looking forward to that.
0: the 10th of October. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it uh, yeah just gets it uh, gets it there. Um, we haven't said hi to, I've said hi, Adam. But I'm going to say hi, Tim. I'm going to say hi, hi to a fantastic Mr. Ox who is giving me a lift to Stevenage on Saturday. So thank you, Ash. Much appreciated. Um, I should probably say hi
1: to Jerome and George Ellick. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the team was was Nathan the other one that, that might listen to it. I haven't had that confirmed, but the uh, obviously her game two was, um, yeah, was at the weekend and and very pleased that happened. Um, uh, unfortunately, the, the women's team didn't, uh, women's first team didn't, um, do so well at the weekend, but against uh, an absolutely cracking Pompey side that we knew was going to be a big challenge. Mm. Um, if you were at the game and got a ticket to the Ipswich game because they were giving them out at the um, at the men's first team match against Exeter, if you got that ticket, make sure you make make loads of noise and make sure you get there and hopefully it will get you going along to future games. If you didn't get one of those tickets, do try and go along because it's going to be a bumper crowd and, and should be really exciting against another good side.
2: Has anything been said in the hunt for a manager yet? Or... No, it's all, all been a bit quiet, I think. Mm.
0: Um maybe maybe but, they're considering our suggestion of Cath for the job. Yeah, they're still trying to convince
1: her to apply. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do an application for? Her? oh That's fraud, isn't it? Yeah. No, let's totally. not do
2: that. Yeah.
1: Cath <laughs> apply. Hi Cath, apply.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. Um so we're not going to do predictions. Um but what well, as as Liam rightly pointed out we we can predict with absolute certainty that we will be in the top six after ten games played. Having Maybe played not nine. after we played, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, but uh, yeah, which we'd have we'd have taken at the start of the season absolutely. So um, obviously, if you go into Stevenage, full house, that will be fantastic. And then the the sort of Tuesday against uh, Shrewsbury. First game really under properly under the floodlights. You know, it, it will be, you know, properly dark. It'll be a proper evening feel. It'll be the Kassam, so it'll feel cold. So it's coats on and all of that sort of stuff. But it, it feels like you're well into the football season then, doesn't it? You know, that that's a real kind of... Yeah, we're, we're not getting there and watching a lovely sunset. We're getting there, it's cold. The lights are shining. And, uh, and yeah, hopefully another bumper crowd. Um, but, uh, but until... The next time. Um, thank you for joining us, Paul. Much appreciated.
3: Thank you. I just Make wanted up. to say just a, <laughs> a quick yeah, sorry. Um, just quick thank you to, to everybody who's got involved um, with the stuff we've been doing, the signing petitions, everything. The, the fan base has been amazing. Um, uh, thank you, and let's trundle this on to, to planning.
0: Well, until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.